0: Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Pool today. And discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or give them a call at 877-646-5347. Again, that number is 877-646-5347. Make sure to go to TimCast.com, click join us and become a member to support this podcast and all the work we do, and you'll get access to exclusive uncensored segments from TimCast IRL and way more. Now, let's jump into the first story. Last night at the GOP debates, I believe we saw, at least in my opinion, one of, if not the greatest debate performances of our generation. Now, to be fair, Robbie Starbuck made a really great point on Timcast IRL, saying that nothing beats the Donald Trump moment of you'd be in jail to Hillary Clinton. It could only have been made better if he actually put her in jail. But last night, Vivek Ramaswamy, just the entire time, was roasting the neocon machine, the corporate establishment, and the RNC right to its face. I got to play these clips for you if you didn't see them. It is, look, I tweeted. Vivek Ramaswamy is both the hero we need and deserve. He stood up there and I think he embodied a lot of that energy that Trump brought in 2016, not as much in 2020, but the energy he brought is a slap in the face with reality to all of these people sitting there a day after Republicans get crushed in these special elections across the country. And there's no self-reflection. All they get is more, we got to go to war, we got to fund this, we got to do that. The first thing Vivek comes out and says is, Ronna McDaniel, if you'd like to come up on stage and resign right now, I will yield my time time to you. Ronna McDaniel, she's basically in charge of all these campaigns running the RNC. Well, now we've got big breaking news to start off with. This is from TimCast.com, an exclusive report. Ronna McDaniel overheard trashing Vivek Ramaswamy in debate audience, saying he won't get a cent from us. He's an a-hole, total a-hole. McDaniel said. So uh, as most of you are aware, the TimCast news team. Uh, look, we know so many of these people here. Like uh, we've had Vivek on the show several times. I know Vivek, and uh, uh, we've had a bu- we have a bunch of friends that are there at the show. And uh, following this, we heard that as Vivek Ramaswamy is roasting Rana McDaniel, the chair of the RNC. The chairwoman of the Republican National Committee, she goes off now saying he's not going to get a cent from us. And I I guess what are they going to do? Cut him off? Tons of people that we've spoken with said that the GOP establishment stabbed them in the back, spiked their campaigns because they don't play ball with the machine. Rana McDaniel and the RNC, the Republican Party, would rather lose every election then lose control. The same is true for the Democratic Party and their, and their, and their upstart politicians and up and coming young stars. Here we go. Ronna McDaniel, the chairwoman of the Republican National Committee, was overheard loudly disparaging candidate Vivek Ramaswamy from the audience during Wednesday night's debate. A source who is sitting near McDaniel told Timcast News that she was not attempting to keep her voice lowered as she called him an a-hole and declared the party would not be giving him assent. Now, my understanding is that there were many people who could hear her say this. And a source told me she was not attempting to keep her voice down as she said it. At the end of the debate, apparently you can see Vivek talking to Rana. So, I mean, this is this is amazing. Then you've got we got to go through all of this. So uh, here we go. I want to play this for you first. This is the clip of Vivek Ramaswamy roasting the the failures of the uh, of the rnc
1: ronna mcdaniel took over as chairwoman of the rnc in 2017 we have lost 2018 2020 2022 no red wave that never came we got trounced last night in 2023 and i think that we have to have accountability in our party For that matter, Ron, if you want to come on stage tonight, you want to look the GOP voters in the eye and tell them you resign, I will turn over my, (laughs) yield my time to you. And frankly, look, the people there cheering for losing in the Republican Party. And so the fact of the matter is, I mean, Kristen, I'm gonna use this time because this is actually about you in the media and the corrupt media establishment. Ask you the Trump Russia collusion hoax that you pushed on this network for years. Was that real or was that Hillary Clinton made up disinformation? Answer the question. Go. Mr. Wow. Ross, this is how we get it. Accountability, because this media rigged the 2016 election. They rigged the 2020 election with the Hunter Biden laptop story, and they're going to rig this election. Your time is up. Accountability.
0: Vivek is so incredibly correct in that opening statement. In a minute and 21 seconds, Vivek just eviscerates the Republican establishment. Let me let me let me highlight that point again. When he said, "Do you think?" that the Democrats would hire Greg Gutfeld to moderate a debate? Of course not. The Republican establishment hates you. The RNC hates you. You know how we know? Harmeet Dillon is not the chair. How do we know? They won't hire Scott Pressler or work with him. Ronna McDaniel and the rest of the establishment GOP, they despise you. Well, I got to tell you, my friends, I'm not a Republican. I don't like the Republican Party. This is why I don't like the Republican Party. And there is a small handful of Republicans that I do like. There's a handful of Democrats that I like, too. That's true. It's always been the case. But uh, that number seems to be dwindling. I'll give a shout out to Ro Khanna. He seems to be pretty good. But, uh, eh, you know, not, it's like the woke stuff in the far left has gone too crazy for me. And so I, I think the best member of Congress we got right now is probably Matt Gates, Vivek Ramaswamy responds to the story saying this is totally not corrupt in pure, sarcastic fashion. It's really amazing when you consider the most important element of what he said. These people, let me let me let me let me jump back to the end of this clip. These people who are who are moderating the Republican debate are left liberal partisans who lied about Republicans, lied about Donald Trump. And here we go again. We have to ask ourselves, why is it that Donald Trump keeps giving interviews to these people? He knows they're going to lie. It's brutal, my friends. It's brutal. But I, I am happy to see. I'm happy to see the the rise of independent media. So I must stress this to all of you. Go to timcast.com and watch Infringed. Become a member. This is our big push. We launched a documentary on gun rights. Lauren Southern, John Dutrois. It's a Lauren Southern film. Gun rights in America. Nearly two hours long. It is worth your 10 bucks. Become a member and help us supplant and shut down this corrupt, crooked establishment machine. These Republicans, my friend, they may as well be Democrats. They're saying they're not going to give Vivek any money. Why? Because he called you out for what you've done you failed in the elections, you allow far, I shouldn't say far left, but liberal, neoliberal partisan actors to moderate a debate. Dude, I just absolutely despise what, what these people do. Who, and you know what, man? I'm not, a, I'm, not a, I'm not a big L libertarian. But I tell you this, we have a lot of libertarian party members come on the Tim Timcast IRL. Angela McArdle, we have Josh Smith, we have Dr. Michael Rechtenwald. Dave Smith, a ton of these people all aligned with the Mises Caucus and the Libertarian Party. But I'm not I'm I'm not I'm not aligned as much with the Libertarian Party. I would probably fall more into a moderate America first position. It makes the most sense. I don't like war. I think it's a waste of our resources. You want to talk about how rent is going up. Wages are stagnant. You you know know what they talked about on the debate stage last night? Retirement age. How, you gotta push the retirement age back. Oh yeah? I got an idea. I can find you some money from for Social Security. How about it's called not spending hundreds of billions of dollars in Ukraine? So I'm sick of this corrupt and crooked machine. But you take a look at what the I, I gotta I gotta say this again. I'm a media guy, okay? I'm sitting right here. I got we got we got, we got six microphones ready to go. And what happens? They put Neo lib left partisan hacks who lie in front of the Republicans to ask their garbage questions. It's controlled opposition. I know not everybody likes me. I know there are a lot of people on the right who are like, ah, Tim's a shill. He won't say this or that. And you want not dude. that's fine. The point is you come and sit down in these chairs. I'm going to ask you the questions that I feel like asking. I'm going to say the things I believe. I'm not going to just Try and pander to a large audience size. But you know what the the best thing is? We can do these events with a bunch of different people. And you know that when you watch anti-establishment and independent media, you may not completely agree with everything we say, but we're not lying to you. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? you. By all means, you can comment all day and night, every single time. Tim, you are so wrong about this. Absolutely. I get a lot of things wrong. Thank you for your commentary. Thank you for your criticism. But guess what? The only thing I'm going to do is try and be as honest as possible about what's going on and what we can do to make things better. So we got a bunch of big stuff in the works. Become a member. Support us if you want to see this mission uh, 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 you know, succeed. We've got a big event coming up in March in Pittsburgh. And you know what we're going to do? You know what we're going to do? We're working on it. I'll keep it see I got to keep it secret for now as we're working on the official list, but w- I'm hoping that we can have the highest rated political event of the year in terms of total viewership. I think we can pull it off. We've got big plans in the works for Pittsburgh, and I just I watch this stuff and it fires me up. I see what that when 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 Vivek mentioned the mod- the moderators as partisan liars who who pushed the Russia gate lie. I'm just like, we got to do something. You know what, man? You can't sit around and just say, why won't someone do something, right? And that's how I, that's how I see it. My attitude is, okay, we'll do it. We'll figure it out. We'll do what we can. It's not going to be easy. And I don't know how far we can go. But I'm telling you right now, Timcast, this, this company, we are going to be putting, I'll say, I'll say it like this. You become a member, we're going to sink that money into crazy cultural projects. We're going to take over this machine. We're going to stop the lies and we're going to get people to debate with real questions. And I want to stress this, too. I want to stress this, too. The American people don't want war. Very few do. Yet everybody on that stage sans Vivek Ramaswamy. They, they, is, is he the only war skeptic up there? He's talking about bolstering our military power, our naval power. hes He's giving you specific policies that are in place right now. And then everyone else is like, how many ships should we have? 350. What does that even mean? He says, no, we've got a program where we're decommissioning ships. We've got to reverse that bolster by 20%. There's your hard number. And then he talks about why are we wasting money in these foreign wars We, we shouldn't be involved in? Is he the only one? Frank Luntz tweeted this. Ronna McDaniel is the GOP's secret weapon, an amazing speaker and smart strategist. Very interesting. He tagged Ronna McDaniel in it. So I don't think it's a parody, but a lot of people saw this and they thought, is this guy joking? Frank Luntz, obviously. The famous pollster saying Ronna McDaniel is the GOP's secret weapon. What, at losing? We have this story from TimCast.com. Vivek Ramaswamy calls Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis, both Dick Cheney in three-inch heels on debate stage. I want to be careful to avoid making the mistakes from the neocon establishment of the past. Stick <laughs> Cheney in three-inch heels, and uh, I love this. The response from Nikki Haley was that uh, they are five-inch heels. Let me play the clip for you. Let's see if we can get. Uh, we're not getting. Uh, where are we at? That 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 one wasn't the. Uh, uh, the problem of our speakers, like normally this one is actually just Twitter. Between you and the candidates we just heard in this issue, on, on what you would tell the prime minister?
1: Not in terms of what I would tell the prime minister, no. In fact, I would go one step further. The founding vision of Israel was based on the idea that they don't want to depend on anybody else's sympathy or direction in defending themselves. So what I would tell Bibi is that Israel has the right and the responsibility to defend itself. I would tell him to smoke those terrorists on his southern border and then I'll tell him as President of the United States, I'll be smoking the terrorists on our southern border. That's his responsibility. This is our responsibility. That's how we move forward. But I want to be careful to avoid making the mistakes from the neocon establishment of the past. Corrupt politicians in both parties spent trillions, killed millions, made billions for themselves in places like Iraq and Afghanistan, fighting wars that sent. Thousands of our sons and daughters, people my age to die.
0: Let me say that one more time. Spent trillions, killed millions and made billions for themselves. Wow.
1: Wars that did not advance anyone's interests, adding seven trillion dollars to our national debt. And Joe Biden sold off our foreign policy. Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden, got a five million dollar bribe from Ukraine. That's why we're sending two hundred billion dollars back to that same country. The fact of the matter is the Republican Party is not that much better. You have the likes of Nikki Haley, who stepped down from her time at the U.N., bankrupt or in debt is, was her family. Then she becomes a military contractor. She joins the board of Boeing and otherwise, and is now a multi-millionaire. So I think that that's wrong when Republicans do it or Democrats do it. That's the choice we face. Do you want a leader from a different generation who's going to put this country first, or do you want Dick Cheney in three-inch heels, All right, Mr. in which case Robert we've Swamy. got two of them on stage Mr. Swamy, thank you. <laughs>
0: In which case we've got two of them. That was a dig at uh Ron DeSantis. Oh boy. That was a good one. That was a that, that was a good one. Uh I, I like it. Here we go. Uh Vivek during the GOP debate calls Haley and DeSantis Dick Cheney in three inch heels. I love it. Kathy Barnett responding to Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley tweets Vivek, I wear heels. They're not for a fashion statement, they're for ammunition. What does that mean? I really, that's, sorry, super cringe. And then Kathy Burnett posts an image of uh, high heels and it says Boeing on the sole. Yeah, the military industrial complex, how about that? But here may be, this may be the most important part of what Vivek said last night, his closing statement. A minute 14 and... um. This is bold. It's powerful. I got to say, Vivek last night showed the real leadership we need. Now, do I think what he is saying will appeal to boomers and and older? Probably not, especially when the establishment media is saying Vivek sucks. and not telling you the truth. They don't want him to win. They don't want him to build influence. But I tell you this, for us millennials and younger, those are in the political world. We can see Vivek for who he really is, a leader. He's paying attention. And I, I I look at this and I'm like, you know, Vivek's not going to win. You can't beat Trump. Maybe VP. I don't know. But most importantly, see you in 2028, Vivek. He's 38 years old. What he is saying absolutely resonates with me and so many people in this space. We are not hardcore conservatives at Timcast. We got an eclectic bunch. Some are conservative. Some are. I, don't, I wouldn't call anyone here woke. No, not not at all. But we have moderate, centrist, slightly liberal individuals leaning to very, very conservative individuals, differing opinions on abortion, uh, pro-life, pro-choice, absolutely differing opinions on Palestine, Israel. And we all, all see Vivek as leadership because it looks like he's being honest. He's being authentic. He's paying attention to what we're we're concerned about. Let me play this closing statement for you, posted by the redheaded libertarian, Josie, who was in the audience
1: we talked a lot about foreign wars tonight, but we're in the middle of a war right here at home. It's a war not between black and white or Democrat and Republican, it's between those of us who believe in our founding ideals and love this country and a fringe minority who hates the United States of America. And I think it's going to take a commander-in-chief to lead us to victory in that war, who first of all knows that we're in the war, second of all can't be captured by the special interests along the way. But third is from the next generation, somebody with fresh legs to lead us to victory. I'll shut down the deep state. I'll declare economic independence from China. I'll keep us out of World War III and then revive national pride in this country. I also want to close with one message to the Democrat Party. End this farce that Joe Biden is going to be your nominee. We know he's not even President of the United States. He's a puppet for the managerial class. So have the guts to step up and be honest about who you're actually going to put up so we can have an honest debate. Biden should step aside end his candidacy now so we can see
2: whether it's Newsom or Michelle Obama or whoever else. Just
0: tell us the truth. That was uh, talk about a closing statement. I know the audio is a little low, but let me just stress what he said again. The Democrat Party Needs to end the charade that Joe Biden is actually their nominee. I said this several weeks ago. Joe Biden is out and we all know it. It's going to be Gavin Newsom. And every day it's looking more and more like it's going to be Gavin Newsom. This is what we've been saying. And uh, the reason he's running a shadow campaign, he's flying out, meeting with Xi Jinping and things like this. Yeah, we know it's not going to be Joe Biden. The question is, how do the Democrats get Joe Biden out of there? I don't know. But the fact that Vivek is willing to say it, everyone on that stage last night, except for Vivek, was a plastic waste of space. Chris Christie was the worst. Let me say this. Tim Scott. I like the guy. Good dude. Should not be in that stage. I'm sorry, man. Like, we even have the same name. You think I should just be, you know, hey, look, you know, I should root for him for that. Nah, but his answers were very, very bland. Run of the mill. What will you do about the border security? We've got to secure our borders and then we've got to deal with the problem at home. It's like, yeah, that's not an answer. you got to say something like, we're going to bolster our National Guard presence on the southern border. We're going to end these, these catch and release programs. We are going to, uh, Nikki Haley said all these things too. Respect. Nikki Haley, like Nikki and Ron had their moments. But you know what's really fascinating? I could sit here today And tell you about the great things Nikki Haley said in terms of Remain in Mexico program, shutting down the border, all of that really great stuff. But Vivek hit the ball so far out of the park, none of it even matters anymore. He outshined every single one. So how do you think the establishment corporate press is reacting? First, Patrick Bet-David, 124,000 votes on X. Who won the debate? 82.9% Vivek Ramaswamy. I want to just stress really quickly, there are individuals who have hitched their wagon to Ron DeSantis, and they made a terrible, terrible mistake. Now, there's always an opportunity to to admit that you were wrong, but they can't do it. I think because some of them are getting a paycheck. I I really do think so. I think the DeSantis campaign probably retained several prominent individuals so that uh, uh, contract position for like advice and things like this. And uh, if you've got a two-year contract with somebody, what do you do? So here's what I think happens. I think Ron was the front runner, you know, a year and a half ago. Trump wasn't, no one really knew what was going to happen. And I'm a big fan of Ron DeSantis, not his campaign though. And so you get some people who are like, I bet I can get in on this. They meet with him and say, let me work with you and I'll help you out. Signs a deal, gets a retainer contract for consulting services. And now that Ron has completely imploded, they cannot back down. That's what I think. Vivek Ramaswamy clearly won the night. That's it. We know none of them are going to beat Trump. You can't. Trump had a rally at the same time. He actually had substantially more views in the GOP debate. Some people are saying, Tim, play the Trump rally instead. We tried. I grabbed the wrong channel, I guess. And we ended up sticking with the GOP debate for the most part. It is what it is. I don't know. You can watch or not watch. But uh,
3: you're cruising down the highway. Windows rolled down. Tunes blasting from the radio. You're in the zone and living the dream. all for a low monthly rate that fits your budget. CarShield plans also include unlimited miles, 24-7 roadside assistance, and rental options. Get peace of mind now. Visit CarShield online at carshield.com slash carlson. Join millions of customers and contact CarShield now to save 20%. Visit carshield.com slash carlson. That's carshield.com slash carlson. Visit now.
0: Right now, anybody who's saying, that Ron DeSantis beat Vivek Ramaswamy is, is they're, they're lying to you. I'm just sorry. That's just a reality. I like Ron. He had great answers. He really did. Don't really like his foreign policy. He's talking about a, a degree of involvement with Israel, foreign policy, and, and military intervention, stuff like this. Nikki Haley was substantially worse. But uh, Ron, Ron is a proven uh, leader in Florida. The problem? His campaign shows us he is a failed leader. He can't win. He needed to fire every one of these people. And it's sad, really. I said this the other day. Will Chamberlain, friend of the show. We've had him on several times. One of the smartest guys I know. He is a calm and rational voice in support of Ron DeSantis. And he worked for that campaign. They should have put him in charge. And what we saw yesterday between him and Sebastian Gorka is proof. Will Chamberlain was uh, said that Trump is going to be a convicted felon by Election Day. And Gorka just went off and saying, you know, all these awful things, just nasty things. I think there is a I, I, if you have the opinion that Trump is going to be a convicted felon by election day and you think he can't win, I, I totally respect that opinion. I, that may be the case. Absolutely. I have said it before. You think that Trump's going to get a fair trial in D.C.? Now, Will's argument is that means that DeSantis is the better choice. I disagree. In response to Gorka, Will wrote out this long calm, reasonable and rational response as to why he thinks would be the case. And you know what? He said, I'm not going to attack you, Sebastian. I'm not going to attack Trump supporters because they're, they're part of my wing, the America First Party. It was a well thought out, well crafted statement and tactful. When someone gets all emotional and angry and you say, look, man, I'm not here to fight with you. I'm here to make the argument so we can win, so we can keep Trump out of prison. And I thought to myself, wow, wow. Why did Ron not put him in charge of his campaign? If he did, I still don't think Ron would win. I think if he did, Ron might be above Vivek Ramaswamy. I think that Ron, uh, I mean, now Nikki Haley's above him in the prediction markets. Ron's still second in polls. I think Ron would be polling, uh, you know, double digit uh, higher, five to 10 points more. I still think Trump would win. But the fact that Ron cannot fire his completely insane and incompetent communications team. He deserves to lose. That's just the reality. But here we go, ladies and gentlemen, the machine. Mm, Here we go, the New York Post. Republican debate verdict. Impressive. Haley Shines. Stupid. Vivek self-destructs. Let the machine crumble before us. Let him say all of that stuff. Let him say it all. I know that a sane, rational, and honest person is saying right now, wow, Vivek Ramaswamy. I know that sane, rational people are saying, Ron, Ron had some good answers. Nikki had some good answers. Chris Christie and Tim Scott were Chris Christie was the worst, and Tim was like basically not even there. And there's a reason why the three in the middle were the three in the middle. But if you're being honest. You, 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 you're, you're probably going to say, yeah, you know, to varying degrees, you agree or disagree with me. But how do you deny the fire that that Vivek brought the failures of Ronald McDaniel? He said 2017, since you took over. We're losing every single race and they're blaming Trump for it. And I'm supposed to take your word for it. In New York Post. Spare me your nonsense. All I can really say is. As we begin to take over this machine and we become the mainstream media, This is the message that's going to persist. Honesty, authenticity and fair disagreement. If you think I'm wrong about my political positions, you're allowed to. And I respect that you do. We have debates about abortion all the time. I get heated about it because I am the traditional Democrat, safe, legal and rare position. And I know it's a dang near impossible moral line. But we can have those arguments. And I I want to have those arguments, please. And tell me I'm wrong. And I was shrugging. Man, I really don't know. I I don't know what else to say, you know. But I'll tell you how I really think, how what I really feel, and I expect you to do the same. And then, if it comes down to it, and y'all vote against me and I lose, I will shake your hand. And I'll say, hey, there, there you go, man. Like, this is what it's all about. If people don't agree with me in the way th- I see things, that, that that's the way it's supposed to be. And I can, I, I can accept being wrong and being in the minority on this one. But this machine, they can't take it. They want war. They want chaos. They want crisis. Newsweek, with the best headline ever, Vivek Ramaswamy is tearing Republicans apart. Good. Good. Let it happen. You see, the Democrats had their young upstarts. And what did they do? They caved to the machine. Look at AOC. Look at Bernie. They bend the knee. The Republican Party still has defiance within its ranks. Good. Matt Gates, Vivek Ramaswamy. I think the next generation, our generation taking over, is going to bring about real revolution in our political establishment. And the same goes for the left. But they're, they're having a harder battle of it. I think it's because Bernie wasn't nearly as crazy and tough as Donald Trump. But we will see. There are big things happening. You want to help us supplant and replace the corrupt media machine? Become a member at TimCast.com. Click join us. Watch infringed. Watch our uncensored members only shows. Join the discord server. We got something big in the works and we're about 30 to 40 percent there. But I'm hoping next year Timcast with our sponsors and our partners will pull off the biggest political event of the year outside of the election itself. We'll see. Vivek Ramaswamy. Let me just close by saying Wow, man, it is an honor and a privilege to have hosted you on this show. The debate performance I saw last night was the best debate performance I have ever seen. And with all due respect to Donald Trump, that you'd be in jail moment and many of his quips. Those were those were grand slams. And those may be some of the greatest lines of any debate, like fat pig and things like that. But Vivek's entire sustained performance. Absolutely absolutely on point. I'll leave it there. Next segment will be coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then. Would you be at all surprised if I told you that several mainstream media corporate journalists were actually not only embedded with Hamas on October 7th, but some may actually, I don't know to, to, to what degree, be with Hamas in support of them. Now, I don't, we're going to we're going to go through this, but we know that several uh, one one individual is already uh, fired. These are freelancers. I'm not surprised to hear this news. There's video emerging reportedly of one of these reporters wielding a grenade as they're embedded with Hamas. Sorry, I think there is a fine line between being embedded with a, a group or participating. Now, that's the extent we don't know. We don't know. I don't know if these people were participating But there are questions about whether or not the corporate press knew this was going to happen. You see, uh, Cassandra McDonald, who uh, works here, posted a photo of a paraglider and said, wow, this guy was paragliding into Israel. Could you believe it? And uh, got a lot of uh, uh, criticism from the right. However, that was before we knew what was going on. And so a lot of people were like, that's an unfair characterization. This just looked like a paraglider. But then everyone realized what was really happening. And so, yeah. You want to criticize Cassandra, but at the same time, the corporate press, I don't, I, I don't believe for a second they did not know. Now, that doesn't mean that editor, the editors and uh, you know, high-ranking individuals, uh, high-level positions in these companies knew exactly what was going to happen. But I think it is reasonable to say, considering these people were, their photos were being used, I think it's fair to say that uh, there's involvement. And there was some some degree of foreknowledge. Let me read some of these stories for you from the Jerusalem Post. Israel demands action after journalists reportedly joined Hamas massacre. AP responded they had no advanced knowledge. The media watchdog Honest Reporting published an investigative report late on Wednesday showing that journalists from leading news outlets, the New York Times, AP, Reuters and CNN, joined Hamas terrorists from the Gaza Strip on October 7th to document the horrific horrific events with their cameras. The organization which works to expose anti-Israel bias in the foreign press raised weighty ethical questions in the investigation regarding the presence of those, pho- uh, ph- of those photographers alongside Hamas terrorists. Here's one tweet from At @Israel: A breaking expose by Honest Reporting reveals that three freelance journalists who work for major media outlets accompanied Hamas terrorists across the border and reported from the horrific massacre. Here are a few examples. You also have a video... As I mentioned, of a guy wielding a grenade. Now, what's that all about? Among other things, it begs the question of whether the photographers were aware in advance of the intent to carry out the massacre and how they arrived on the scene so quickly. Did Hamas allow them to be there? Did these news reporters have approval to enter Israel alongside the terrorists? Did the photographers inform their editors that they were accompanying the terrorists as they carried out the attacks against Israelis? Very interesting. You see, news organizations are crooked. And uh, understand this, the simple and benefit of the doubt explanation is that as this goes on, these freelancers say, hey, look, I got photos. The news organization says we don't care how you got them. We want them. CNN broadcasted images of Hamas. According to the investigation, the photographers documented up close the kidnapping of civilians and soldiers, an attack on a tank and the lynching of an IDF soldier. In addition, a CNN freelance journalist broadcasted images of the burning tank and accompanied the terrorists into Gaza. CNN trending now on The Messenger. CNN fires Palestinian journalists for claims he embedded with Hamas terrorists during October 7th attack. Well, I have a few tweets. Uh, let's see if we can. Uh, we'll, we'll pull this one up. This is from honestreporting.com. Broken borders. AP and Reuters pictures of Hamas atrocities raise ethical questions. I really want to address the issue here with um, the limits of reporting. But first, let me give you the breakdown. All right. So we know about the the embedding. We have now the uh, documented photo evidence, which I think is very, very important. AP photojournalists or infiltrators. Four names appear on AP's photo credits from the Israel-Gaza border on October 7th. Hassan Aslaya, Yusuf Masud, Ali Mahmoud, and Hatem Ali. Aslaya, uh, a freelancer who also works for CNN, crossed into Israel, took photos of a burning Israeli tank and then captured infiltrators entering Kibbutz Kfar Aza. Here's uh, the AP's reporting. Did anyone at the AP stop and ask, uh, how did you get this photograph? Why are you allowed in an active combat zone? Why aren't they shooting at you?
2: That's hollywoodtakeover.com slash T-I-M.
0: None of them asked. They don't care. They want the photo. It's juicy, right? It's war. When war happens, ratings go up. Here's another photo of from Hassan Eslayah. Palestinians from Gaza Strip under Kibbutz Kfar Aza on Saturday, October 7th. The militant Hamas rulers of the Gaza Strip carried out an unprecedented multi-front attack on Israel. There's a lot of important ethical stuff to break down in this do you want the images or not? Serious question. A lot of people are outraged, wondering to what degree these people are working with Hamas. I believe it's fair to say that Hamas is going to approve of all of this. The U.S. does the same thing. If you want to bow with the U.S. Army, they give you limits. But do we want to see these photos? The question is, we maybe don't. Just because the photo shows something does not mean it's showing you something honest. And that's the important thing. The photos you're allowed to see control the narrative. If Hamas is allowing these journalists to be here, and they're probably controlling what images go out, this burning tank, they want you to see it. What about the killing of civilians? Certain things they won't let you see, in which case the images they're sending out are meant to manipulate. It is very difficult to understand uh, what, their, what their goals are, and it's very difficult to uh, figure out what we should or should not be accepting of. Honest reporting has obtained screenshots of a now removed tweets on X in which he documented himself standing in front of the Israeli tank. He did not wear a press vest or a helmet. And the Arabic caption of the tweet read live from inside the Gaza Strip settlements. Interesting. Shortly after the publication of this article, we were alerted to footage of Hassan Eslaya next to the Israeli tank. In addition, a photo has surfaced showing Eslaya with Hamas leader and mastermind of the October 7th massacre. Yahya. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Yah, Is it Yaya? Yaya Sinwar. Take a look at this. In the hours following our expose, new material is still coming to light concerning Gazan freelance journalist Hassan Eslaya, whom both AP and CNN used on October 7th. Here he is pictured with Hamas leader and the mastermind. That's incredible. AP, Reuters, CNN and The New York Times what were their photographers doing inside Israel on October 7th? Coincidence or the part of the plan? That's right. Hamas. Why did why did they do this? Now, a lot of people are going to give you the generational conflict thing. Oh, they're trying to reclaim land. B.S. The Abraham Accords were revolutionary. Donald Trump set forth uh, set into motion this plan, the 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 Abraham Accords, which is going to normalize relations with Israel. And bring several Arabic nations into the trade fold or bring Israel into the trade fold with them in the region. Hamas was sidelined. They were no longer part of the negotiations. So what did they do? This. Now, Hamas knows that in order to maximize damage and attention, they need the information to get out. So here you have this guy smiling, taking a selfie with a Hamas leader. Absolutely incredible. These news organizations don't care for whom they get the content from. They don't care if they're putting out misinformation or manipulation. They don't care at all. They don't ask the question. And here is footage of a sly after he crossed into Israel and took photos of a burning Israeli tank. He then captured infiltrators entering Kibbutz Kfar Aza. Note that he is not identifiable as a member of the press, but AP and CNN deemed it acceptable to use his services. This is the important point. these people aren't journalists. But do we want the information or not? Hamas recorded themselves committing atrocities, and then Israel released that information. News organizations replayed these videos. I think it's a good thing they did. So we can see just how awful and horrible these people really are. They're, They're committing evil acts. But also understand it's what they wanted. So what do you do? I don't have the answers for you. This is a strong moral question. I do know that the answer should not be Joe Biden sending $100 million in aid, which he claims is going to Palestine, but we know will be intercepted by Hamas because Hamas runs the Gaza Strip. In the above video, Aslias says in Arabic, everyone who were inside this tank were kidnapped. Everyone who were inside the tank were kidnapped a short while ago by the Al Qassam brigades, as we have seen with our own eyes. For those unfamiliar the Al qassam brigades. It's uh, Hamas's uh, armed faction. They're a militaristic faction. More photos he took in Kafar Aza show Hamas terrorists trying to breach the kibbutz's fence and burning house uh, and, burning, and, and a burning house inside the community. Take a look at this photo. This is from, what source is this? Uh, it's AP. An AP photograph, Palestinian militants from the Gaza Strip run by the gate of Kibbutz Kafar Aza on Saturday. This was Hamas's plan, maximize press attention, disrupt peace negotiations. And this is what they did. So the question is, are these actual journalists or did the corporate press pay terrorists to help them carry out their plan? I got to say it again, man. I don't have the moral answers. But if Hamas had these guys embedded, these are these are pro Hamas people, friends with the Hamas leadership. And part of the plan was to get selective images out. And the Associated Press and CNN paid them. I got serious questions. Man, I wish I could give you the the easy moral answers here. I wish I could. I can't. Do we want these photos or not? I will say it again. You comment below. Let me know what you think. I think the challenge is when you allow pro-Hamas factions to dictate what information gets out because they're killing Israeli civilians and there's not going to be pro-Israeli journalists. They're controlling the narrative to benefit themselves. Masoud, who also works for The New York Times, was there as well, just in time to set foot in Israeli territory and take more tank pictures. Ali Mahmoud and Haytem Ali were positioned to get pictures of the horrific abductions of Israelis into Gaza. Mahmoud captured the pickup truck carrying the body of German-Israeli Shani Luke, and Ali got several shots of the abductees being kidnapped into the strip. I, 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 I want to stress this, man. Don't you want these photos of the kidnappings? This is tough. Then are you playing into their plans? Interestingly, the names of photographers, which appears on other sources, have been re- have been removed from some of the photos on AP's database. Perhaps someone at the agency realized it posed serious questions regarding their journalistic ethics. Reuters lynching as image of the day. Reuters has published pictures from two photojournalists who also happened to be at the border just in time for Hamas's infiltration. They took pictures of a burning Israeli tank Reuters was kind enough to add a graphic warning to the photo caption, but it didn't prevent editors from shamelessly labeling it as one of the images of the day. Now, here's the big question. Did they know about this? Dr. Eli David, Eli David, breaking Israel minister of national security. Photographers who joined Hamas during the massacre are terrorists and will be dealt with as terrorists. He is referring to CNN, AP, Reuters and New York Times photographers embedded with Hamas on October 7th. Wow. These journalists knew. They knew what was going to happen. I do not believe for a second. Why else would they be riding on the back of motorcycles? Why else would they be at the border? It doesn't mean they knew the exact extent of the attack. I believe they likely did. Israel is now saying they are terrorists It's dangerous territory, man. But welcome to war. Now, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know, man. The, the, the labeling of journalists as terrorists terrifies me. It really does, because we want to get access to information. Don't we want the photos of the people being kidnapped so we know they're being kidnapped so we can call for their rescue? Hamas wants the image out there, too, to shift the narrative back to them. And they got paid, baby. They got paid. What Israel does next will be very interesting. Noel Pollack says important expose by honest reporting photographers working for AP, CNN, New York Times and Reuters were embedded with Hamas on 10-7 and accompanied the terrorist group into Israel. They knew the attack was coming and participated in it. As I already mentioned, in one of the videos, one of these guys is wielding a grenade. I think these guys are Hamas. I think these, these, look, CNN, the New York Times, AP Reuters, it's entirely possible they had no idea but they did not care. Let's be real. It's also entirely possible these news organizations knew exactly who they were hiring. They knew exactly who they were buying buying from. So I have several questions that need to be asked of these news organizations, and they should be brought before Congress. When did you hire these men? Do you have a contract with them? Do you have a retainer agreement with them? Did you buy photos from them after the fact? That's big. It's possible these guys took the photos and then contacted the news organizations and said, would you like to buy them from us? The other question, what culpability will these organizations face if it turns out they gave direct monetary resources to Hamas personnel? Welcome to war, my friends. Welcome to war. There are no easy answers, but I can certainly tell you that the corporate press, man, it's been said over and over again, they're the enemy of the people. I think the simple solution here is that they just don't care. And you've got some editor in New York or whatever at the Reuters building, and he gets word we've got great photos of what happened. And they're told you can have the best photos. You'll get all the clicks. You'll make all the money. And they say, I don't care how they got them. I don't care who they are. I want them. Because they're vultures. They're evil people. Right now, you have a lot of people on the far left protesting in support of Hamas, protesting in support of Gaza. And not even knowing what is really going on. So I will say, despite the fact that they put out these photos and these videos, it's not like it's reaching these people support them anyway. So then what was the real point? All I think it did was benefit us, those who are critical of Hamas and defensive of Israel. I can already hear the collective stop shilling for Israel. Dude, I don't care about generational conflict here. Israel is not the United States. I will call for ending foreign aid to all these countries with no problem. but Hamas breaks a ceasefire, storms into Israel, kills 1400 or so people. This is what I hear. You know, Grayson reported this. It actually, it was friendly fire from Israel. When they were coming in, they didn't know who was who. It's possible. Let me, let's, let's say this. Let's operate into the assumption. The IDF comes into these kibbutzes. Is that it? Is it plural? Into, into the varying kibbutz? Kibbutzai? I don't know. I don't know the pluralist. And says, we don't know who is or is not on our side. People living there may open fire, the IDF may may shoot back, and friendly fire may kill some of these Israeli citizens. That still means Hamas killed them. That's how it works. If you rob a bank and someone has a heart attack and dies in the process, you murdered them. That's how it works. Right now, the US is facing the threat of serious regional conflict and potential World War III. We just had a big debate, and the only guy on stage. The only guy that was skeptical of war. I don't want to say completely anti-war, but because he's talked about, you know, the southern border and stuff, killing terrorists doesn't necessarily mean war. I, I can agree with defending the southern border, but uh, it's Vivek. Vivek's the only guy. if it's not going to be Trump and if the GOP actually, for some reason, I think I wonder if this is what they're planning. Donald Trump is con- a convicted felon. They take him off the ballot. Joe Biden is removed and it's DeSantis versus Newsom. That's why they're debating. I have to wonder. I really do. But I wonder what that means for the United States and for war, because be it Newsom or DeSantis, I think we're going to get war. The media organizations have no problem working with the most vile and evil people if it gets them a quick buck. You've got the Obama administration had no problem, no problem supporting terrorists in the Middle East if it meant U.S. needs were met. I shouldn't say needs, I should say desires. Why is it? Why is it that under Trump, ISIS is flattened? Hmm. Right now, the corporate press is claiming that Vivek Ramaswamy had the worst performance. The New York Times says he was the worst. Really? The guy who's taking social media by storm, who everyone online says was the winner, but the corporate press says he lost. Why? Because he's the only guy who says no war. If Vivek Ramaswamy closed out his entire performance by saying, and mark my words, if I become president, I will declare war on day one on every country, on every single country, Iran, China, all the BRICS nations. They'd say, wow, a true leader. If Vivek Ramaswamy says, the first thing I'm going to do for this country, I am going to secure a billion dollar contract per day for Halliburton, for Boeing, for Raytheon, for Lockheed. They'd have said, wow, truly, truly presidential. Evil people in our midst. They want war because war allows them to control things. And a lot of people think it's money, but it's not money. Money is a tool that gives you control. If someone can't eat, you have more control. So they like it when the economy is bad. They don't like it when the economy is good. When the economy is good, you have independence. You can choose to work for whoever you want. You say, look, I've got money. You got to give me a good deal. When the economy is bad, you're desperate. They want you desperate. They want there to be war. They want control. Who is they? the neocon and neoliberal establishment. That's who I'm talking about. Republicans and Democrats. They always try to say like they is anti-Semitic. No, I want Israel to defend itself. I want them to be able to defend themselves. I think the far left is attacking Jewish people in this country and it's psychotic. I can't stand the far left. I don't think Israel's innocent. I think they do a lot of things wrong. The point is the biggest threat to this country are the Ultra elites who would sell you out, who would work with Hamas terrorists, who would fan the flames of war to enrich themselves, as Vivek said, spending trillions, killing millions to make billions for themselves. And he was the only guy willing to say it. And for that, they say he loses. Spare me when we see stories like this. I believe that these news organizations should be brought before Congress and made to answer for this. Because I, I got to tell you, these guys had foreknowledge, and I do believe there's a possibility that these these reporters contacted their their uh, corporate press liaisons and said, on October 7th there will be major action and we're going to have the content. Do you want it? And they said, we, okay, you know, we'll take it. We're not going to ask any questions, no hard moral questions there. You know what they could have done? They could have said, we do not want to be party. To whatever it is Hamas is engaged in, post the photos online. We'll 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 post whatever photos appear. But understand this: my final thoughts, as I stated earlier, Hamas is not going to allow pro-Israel journalists on scene. Question their motives. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. I'm sure many of you have already heard this news: a motorist who was stopped by environmental activists on a highway pulled out his gun and shot two people. I believe the uh, latest reporting is that uh, one of the individuals has died. I want to say right off the bat, a lot of people are sharing this story because they're sick and tired of these activists blocking the road. You see all these videos where people are dragging them off the street. Now, this happened in Panama. The man said, this ends here and then shot two people. It's bad. It's horrifying. And no one should do this. Nonviolent civil disobedience is a good thing. It's allowed, and I will defend it. Now, it's annoying that these uh, environmental protesters keep doing these things. Totally get it. But if you do not have nonviolent civil disobedience, you get violence. We don't want that. We want people to feel like they can put pressure on a system, but we don't want them crossing the line, blocking a road illegal. Yeah, but like, what's the real harm done? people are late people are angry the police need to come immediately and arrest them but a minor disruption i think is what we must tolerate if we want to have a free society and we don't want violence happening all over the place so there's a lot of people who are quietly cheering this man on because they are sick and tired of what these activists are doing but i warn you i warn you for one nobody nobody should taking someone's life over blocking a road he could have just shoved them out of the way no, he killed him. He said, this is the end. He said, this ends here. Here's the story. Motorist who shot dead two environmental protesters blocking a road is a retired U.S. lawyer. 77, with a conviction for illegal possession of firearms. Gudman declared, this ends here before opening fire. They say Kenneth Darlington appeared before a judge in the town of La Espiga on Wednesday afternoon and after a two-hour hearing was remanded in custody. According to local media, the Panamanian-born U.S. citizen was seen in both video and pictures shooting dead two teachers blocking a road on a highway. He has a previous conviction for illegal possession of a firearm. It is understood he declared this ends here before walking up the road, the ro- uh, up to the roadblock on a section of the Pan-American Highway in the, how do you pronounce it, Kami? Kami? District? Chame? District? I don't know. And getting into a heated argument with a group of men that included the two victims. In front of a large number of photographers and television crews there to film the protest, he gunned down the two men. Elaser Plissett, a lawyer for the two victims, said Darlington was being charged with murder and illegal possession of a gun. TVN Noticias reported. However, local media reported he could avoid jail time because of his age. <coughs> that's probably why he didn't care. He's 77. He's just sick of it. He just looks like he does not care at all. He pulled out his gun. Man, that's crazy. <coughs> Excuse me. He could be seen. People were photographing him walking up. They blocked this highway. Now, there's no there's no graphic images anywhere in the uh, uh, in this video, though they do certainly exist. And there are videos of it happening. The protesters have for three weeks been campaigning against the Panamanian government's agreement with a Canadian firm to run Central America's biggest open pit copper mine. Darlington, who lived in the exclusive Paitia district of Panama City, got uh, stuck in traffic caused by the protesters, who set up a roadblock on the highway. He reportedly told the passengers this ends today. Video and pictures show how he stormed up the road from his car. He then takes out a handgun and begins clearing the barricade or the motorway, still arguing. TVN reported that Darlington asked several teachers who the leaders of the demonstrations were. The protesting teachers told him there were no leaders. So he replied, I don't want to talk to women. I want to talk to men. Wow. Jeez. At the court hearing, It was heard that a few men were at the scene and three of them approached him in an attempt to calm the situation. This can be seen in the footage of the incident leading up to the shootings. The three men, two in black t-shirts and one in red, confront the man. One of the demonstrators can be heard saying, why don't you shoot? Others shout at the man, are you going to kill someone? To which he replied, do you want to be first? After remonstrating with the protesters, what? Darlington is seen to open fire. The first victim seen in the footage wearing a black T-shirt, blue hat and carrying a flag fell to the ground immediately. As the man in red backs away, Darlington opened fire again, hitting the other man wearing the black shirt. He can be seen holding his shoulder, grimacing in pain and staggering over to the side of the road where he falls down. One of the victims, Abdiel Diaz, died at the scene. The other victim, Ivan Rodriguez, 62, was taken to the Juan Vega Mendez Clinic in the nearby town of San Carlos, but was dead on arrival at the hospital. Two men killed man, you know, it's not the United States. And so I, I wonder if this really means anything else. If, if you were to come, to come to me or come to anybody else and be like, two men were gunned down in Central America, I'd be like, what, 10 minutes ago, 20 minutes ago? Which one of these are you referring to? Right. But I think where the reason this story makes it uh, uh, westward and north northward is that many people are sick and tired of these protests that have been happening for years. It goes way back. There's a video I remember watching of environmental protesters standing in the middle of the road holding up a banner. And a guy walks up and rips the banner from them, crumples it up and throws it over a fence. And they're all like, hey, what are you doing, man? Like, we just used to uh. And that's like, OK, don't take people's property and destroy it. But, you know, where are the police to clear this, clear these things out? There was one protest where I think they put they parked a boat in the middle of the, an intersection and then unhitched unhit, uh, it from the back of a truck and left it there. Look, man, I'm going to say it again. I respect nonviolent civil disobedience. This means there are individuals who say, I find issue. I take I take issue with the system, but nobody should get hurt. You may be uh, upset that you are in a traffic jam. Oh, yeah. We got a highway closure over here. 340 has been shut down. And so you got to take this big detour where it's a three-way intersection. And it's seriously, it could be like an hour wait at peak times. It's insane. I totally get how insane that is. And the only one you can blame there is government. But if you've got people who have done this and they're shutting this thing down and communizing everybody, it's a big problem. But you know, what's better. It's better that than some lunatic go around shooting people. We don't want violence because that's permanent damage. You got these just stop oil morons. You saw that video from uh, what this this past weekend where they smash the painting glass with hammers, and then the guys like. Millions of people will die if if we if we keep using oil millions. Like, oh man, imagine being so stupid that you would smash the glass protective barrier of a painting without having Google searched what you just said. Not that I think Google is perfect. The reality is we must just stop oil, the guy says. Is sixty million dead in like three days is the estimate. It's simple. The amount of food and energy produced by oil creates the base by which humans live. If you go back and look at population expansion, very slow, because in order for humans to expand, they have to produce more food. All of a sudden, we're like, yo, this oil stuff's great. The Industrial Revolution happens. We're now mass producing food and even shelter. And now when someone has a kid, the kid is more likely to survive population explodes. But this means the lives of these humans who were born were only born because of the energy boom. Remove the underlying energy, and now you're going to get resource constraint, and you're going to see mass death. I'll keep it simple for you. With no refrigerators, diabetics die. You got to keep insulin cold. These people are able to survive because we have isolated insulin and created a way to store it and transport it properly. But without oil, you can't get it and you can't store it. And then diabetics die. Now, there are some things diabetics can do through diet, depending on type one or type two. That'll be between you and your doctor. But that's just one example. Elderly people in hot climates, they're reliant on air conditioning. Fact. Yeah, back in the day, the old people would just die of heat stroke. Now we have air conditioning and we can keep people alive longer and more comfortable. Cold environments. Old people would typically just freeze to death without heat, but now they can survive. So these, these environmental activists, they want mass death. And I don't say like they consciously know they're doing it. They're the banality of evil towards mass death. I like what Vivek was saying in the debate. More coal, more gas, more oil and nuclear energy. And we have it all right here in the United States. It can be done. The one thing I will say to everybody, no, nah, this may be a meme. People are saying this, this photo of the guy is a new meme yeah, look at the photo. This ends today. But y'all don't want to be this guy. You do not want to be this guy. You do not want to be the aggressor. You do not want to be the the the, the actor. I mean, look, you can see the uh, uh, the casing being ejected. It looks like this photo is after a shot may have been taken or not. I don't know. What we want to be is just logical, fair and righteous. This is not the way to deal with some morons blocking a road. You know, look, if the story was that the guy beat him up, we'd all be laughing. And we'd be saying, don't be violent, don't beat people up. But, you know, instead he killed two people. That's that's wrong. I just absolutely wrong. Crazy, crazy story, though. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. This one goes out to all the gamer gators. People that I've known for a long time. Jezebel has been shut down. That's right! Perhaps for those of you who started listening in 2020 or the late 2010s, you know not about the Gamergate and the stories and the woke feminism and the beginning of this culture war. But my friends, I tell you that we're winning and I mean it. This is it. Geo Media shuts down Jezebel as layoffs hit the company. For those who don't know, Jezebel is like one of the OG feminist woke intersectional garbage websites that pumped out a bunch of trash and they're done. And while many of the people who had once worked there or are currently working at Vice and currently getting laid off because Vice is also laying off more people, I don't know, they're bankrupt or something. I must stress, they say, no, how could this be? The corporate establishment is winning, so they claim. Uh, I just like to point out the tremendous success of the likes of, I don't know, uh, Timcast Media, The Daily Wire, Stephen Crowder, Benny Johnson, We have Tenet Media now launching a super group, as it were, with the likes of Lauren Southern, Dave Rubin, Benny Johnson, me, Taylor Hanson, Matt Christensen, and oh, so many more. How is it that we are all succeeding so uh, tremendously and the woke organizations are in collapse? Ladies and gentlemen, get woke, go broke. You can't deny it. We are winning the culture war. Now, politically, you can you can say anything you want to say. I get it but my focus is always culture. Here's the story from the Daily Beast. Jezebel was indefinitely suspended on Thursday as major layoffs hit Geo Media, the Daily Beast has learned. The layoffs will affect 23 people, CEO Jim Spanfeller confirmed in a memo to staff on Thursday. And Geo Media editorial director Merrill Brown has also exited the company. Unfortunately, our business model and the audiences we serve across our network did not align with Jezebel's. Wow. Now, when that became clear, we undertook an expansive search for a new, perhaps better home that might ensure Jezebel a path forward. It became a personal, personal mission of Leah Goldman, who worked tirelessly on the project, talking with over two dozen potential buyers. It is a testament to Jezebel's heritage and bona fides that so many players engaged us still, despite every effort, we could not find Jez a new home. Why would anyone want a dying woke brand? Spanfeller praised the women's culture focused outlet for its coverage of reproductive rights, blah, 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 blah. Media is nothing if not resilient, so it's practitioners, blah, 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 blah. All right. Will Summer, fake news. That's who Will Summer is. But he's got a memo. As of this week, we are making the very, very difficult decision to suspend publication of Jezebel. Few decisions over the course of my career have been as excruciating. And I want to make this clear this is in no way our reflection on the Jezebel editorial team. It is. <laughs> They've had many successes over the past year or so and continue to do great work in difficult times to an individual. To an individual, the Jezebel team has worked to meet and exceed their audience's needs and wants in an incredibly important time for core topics. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, you wouldn't shut it down if they were doing well. Unfortunately, our business model and audiences we serve across our network did not align with Jezebel's. I haven't given up on Jezebel Media Is nothing if not resilient, so it's practitioners. Blah, blah, blah. With the suspension of Jezebel's operations, we must unfortunately part ways with their incredibly talented editorial staff. I want to thank the site's team, both past and present, for the dedication, fearless voices, and in- <laughs> indelible contributions to our culture. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What's the opposite of a contribution? Detriments. Vice is also laying people off, but not like we care. Vice has been dead for some time. I am deeply offended, deeply offended at what Vice had become. You know. Vice had been around for a long time, and in the uh, late 2000s, early 2010s, Vice was taking the world by storm. These documentaries that they were putting on YouTube were amazing. We loved, we loved watching them. It was entertaining. And YouTube saw this as a path towards competing with Netflix. The idea was that in terms of digital content consumption, YouTube was a big player. But when Netflix came around with digital streaming, all of a sudden, everyone started going to Netflix instead. If you wanted to watch something online, watch real content. YouTube uh, YouTube tried to compete. They helped uh, prop Vice up because Vice was making longer form content. I decided to join Vice because they were doing this amazing documentary work. And I did a few pretty great documentaries that got uh, many docs that got a ton of attention. The Kim.com documentary got millions. The North Korea Motorcycle Diaries, for which I was the field producer, received millions our coverage in Brazil and Ukraine and Turkey, millions. It was tremendous. It was an honor to have worked on these projects. But they didn't want to listen to me. You know, I I had talked with the uh, executive staff. They did not want to listen to me. And they don't have to. It's their company. They can do whatever they want. I'm sure they all cashed out. They're wealthy, and they can go about their days saying, who cares? We're rich. Fine. I'm more of a culture warrior. I'm passionate. I want to build things, and I want to make the world a better place. So upon leaving this company and going and taking a salary job for Fusion, which then when that contract contract expired, I launched this company slowly but surely. Since 2016, we have building up, uh, I've been building up the uh, Timcast Media Company and its uh, uh, ancillary brands, and we've done a lot of tremendous things. And so I, I only say this. It is not correct to say that uh, digital media is dying or that uh, establishment media is taking over. It's just absolutely not true. The reality is these people just lit everything on fire. They refuse to listen to reason. They refuse to understand. I got to tell you, my friends, I told Vice this back in 2013, 10 years ago. You need to focus on individuals, create shows with the individual. You have a reporter. He's going on the ground. He's in these docs. Get him a channel. He should be on Twitter. He should be on Instagram. He should be on YouTube. You should have Vice-owned individual creator channels. And they were like, I don't know, sure, whatever. And they didn't do it. Why? So much of what we're seeing right now is the rise of subscription-based personalities. Now, all you got to do is look at the Daily Wire. Their core talent each run their own channels. That was what I was telling them to do. When I was at Fusion, we explained to them Get woke, go broke, dude. This is not correct. You're going to burn everything to the ground. They didn't care, and they did. And here's where we are. I got this tweet from Anna Merlin. She says, today is yet another rough day in media. Dozens of my vice colleagues are being laid off globally, and we just got news that Jezebel, where I worked for years, is being shut down. She ends by saying, news cannot be dominated by individual newsletters, AI-generated garbage, and a few legacy publications that can't cover everything. This is simply not a good media environment, and we will pay for it in generations. It's silly to tweet this now that Twitter is completely dominated by the worst people online, but rest assured, I have all of you muted already. Whinge! Winge more. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna have to say it, but I've said it before, and I you know, I love. We get ignored all the time. For whatever reason, I don't quite understand, but um whatever. Maybe TimCast doesn't fit the mold. Not easy to attack. We are—I um, don't know. TimCast has probably around 40 employees, growing every single day, and uh, launching new ventures and bringing in new revenue streams. This is a uh, this is an eight-figure uh, per year business. That's right. Probably, you know, I don't know if you're supposed to say this or not. A lot of companies put out their numbers. I don't know. We keep it relatively private, but let me just say I've said it before: eight-figure business. Uh, that's 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 our revenue stream, and uh, we do a lot. and And it's probably greater than that. We, we've we've separated off. We've launched a bunch of companies. Obviously, we have Cast Brew Coffee. We're building coffee shops. We have uh, um, a lot of great investments, and we're growing like crazy. I don't know uh, how much we can grow, how far we can get. My mission is not to be Disney or anything like that. Um, I say that before, like in the past, somewhat facetiously, like in 100 years, we will dominate the culture. I'm just I'm just talking about doing the right thing, making the right message, pushing the right message out. And that is authenticity and the right of the people to determine for themselves what is the correct path of governance. That means I'll try to be as honest as I can and I get things wrong. I won't tell you what you have to think or what you should think, whatever. You can completely disagree with me. When you come to a show like you know, like the Tim Pool Daily Show, the podcast you're listening to right now, it goes on Apple and iTunes and all that stuff, Spotify, or TimCast IRL, or any of the other shows we have. The goal and the people that I like to surround myself with are those who are like, "This is this is what really happened. Here's how I feel about it. Oh, you feel differently. Okay. You know, there are people who come and they uh, come to me and they're mad that. You know, we've got some pro-Israel or pro-Palestine employees. And I'm like, yo, quite literally, the ideological bent of this company is that people are allowed to have differing opinions and you're allowed to be mad at them for it. I'm not going to fire people for having political opinions on issues. Uh, You know, I will say, though, as I've said a lot, if your political opinion is the suppression of other people's rights and and things like that, well, you know, we're going to have another conversation. But this is the funny thing. The reason why I highlight this tweet, the media is not being dominated by legacy publications. Look, Daily Wires had a meteoric rise. They're launching their children's streaming service. Jeremy just put out deodorant and soap and stuff. I, got, I think we have a bunch of it because we love what they're doing with, you know, uh, challenging the, uh, the 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 mainstream. Public Square is is taking the world by storm. An app that shows you companies that believe in your values. Yes, yeah, sorry, we've started winning this. We are we are taking back the culture. We are building the parallel economy, and so they're screaming and crying that they're losing, acting like no independent media exists. Yeah, sorry. Timcast has no external investment. It was built from the ground up with zero marketing. That's that's the fact. We've since done some marketing. We are now heavily marketing Infringed, the documentary by Lauren Southern. Go watch it. But I think it's fair to say that uh, no, no, you're just losing because you have bad ideas and you're bad people who lie. And that's it. That's what's happening. We're winning. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 8 p.m. over at YouTube.com slash TimCastIRL. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. A long time ago, we said that these kids in college with these wacky, woke ideas were going to get a cold dose of reality when they finally graduated. What we did not expect is that there were so many of them, they'd band together and whinge in unison and convince a bunch of morons at a bunch of big corporations to agree with them or else. But I'd like to show you a cold dose of reality in what may be one of the greatest videos I have ever seen of a woke person trying every woke trick in the book to get out of a DUI. Let me just say right now, in this video, a woman claims to be having anxiety and she's indigenous, she's non-binary, she has mental health issues, and that explains why she can't walk properly. Yo, I kid you not, she quite literally says to the cop as she's being arrested, you're a white male. I'm, I'm, I'm dead serious. She says, you're being a white, m- oh, no, no, a white man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. All right. You guys ready for this video? Police body camera footage of probably the most innocuous stop ever. I mean, look, she's drunk. Apparently, cop says he smells alcohol. Doesn't mean she is drunk. The presumption is she's driving while drunk or intoxicated just because a cop claims it doesn't mean it's true. But dude, shut your mouth. Don't resist. I give you now one of the greatest videos I have ever seen. <laughs> and we're going to get a whole lot more of these. But this is an example of... get. Uh, 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 you know, I, I don't know. It's a get well, go broke. Here we go. What's going on?
5: Nothing. Why are you driving in the wrong way of traffic? No,
6: I just got changed around. I just moved here like two months ago. Okay. I just got changed around.
5: Okay. Do you understand what's going on though? Yes. You're going in oncoming yes. traffic.
6: I know. And I just... Decided that it was better just to turn around really f-ing quick. So. Okay. But I'm sorry. I just have, like, really bad social anxiety and stuff. I get and you. I don't want to step out whenever you're asking for stuff.
5: Okay. Well, we're
0: past that. Just go ahead and step out. As- She's driving on the wrong side of the road, okay? I gotta say, if you're driving on the wrong side of the road, expect to be arrested. I, I don't know. There's like very few circumstances where if you're driving into oncoming traffic, a cop's going to be like, I'm going to let you keep doing that. Now it's possible. You get pulled over. You're not drinking. And there have been roads I've been on. Maybe many of you have seen this where you go down the wrong way. And uh, well, I will say this. When I was in New Zealand, it happened quite a bit because they drive on the other side. I'm in the car. I'm sitting in the right side driving because, like, you know, the steering was on the other side. And then I'm in the right lane. They're like, no, 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 no. They're all freaking out. Fortunately, it was like a rural highway. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. You drive on the other side of the road here. Hmm. But uh, look, there have been circumstances where there was like a, a weird median. There were like two uh, uh, roads merging. And I've turned left. And then I realized, like, oh, holy crap, this is not a single like single road. I'm on the wrong side. And I just get over right away. Maybe you get pulled over for that, you'd be like, oh, I'm sorry, man. I turned out the wrong way. This lady is driving into oncoming traffic. Let's play more.
6: An
5: indigenous person. Or? Right back here, please. Miss Perry? Am I- st- well, I'm non-binary, so- oh,
6: non-binary. Okay. What do you go by? <laughs> Kai.
5: How can I refer to you tonight? Kai? Okay. Hey, I'm smelling alcohol. I know. How much have you
0: consumed tonight? Like, probably three drinks. I need- She just admitted to drinking and driving. I want to give everybody some advice. OK, I'm not a lawyer. It's not legal advice. The first advice is talk to a lawyer. And I will say, in my experience, what I've been told is uh, if you get pulled over, don't admit to anything. Don't talk to the cops. You know, you, you, you only, there's some questions you have to answer, like license and, and you know registration, insurance, etc. And you can just remain silent. You're, you're allowed to remain silent. Some states have requirements on weapons. I recommend talking to a lawyer. Uh, the first recommendation I have for all of you is don't drink and drive don't break the law. Now, I know there's activism and questions about what I mean. I mean, generally speaking, like, come on, dude, nobody is going to sit here and be like, well, there are certain, circumstances. No, you never drink and drive. Do not impair yourself and drive. Okay. And I'm going to tell you this. I- I've heard these crazy stories. What I've heard is that you're better off saying nothing and not taking a breathalyzer or whatever and not doing field sobriety forcing them to bring you to the station for an official breathalyzer where you have to do it, I guess. But uh, I heard a story. I, I, this could be totally wrong. People who refuse to do it. They get some kind of obstruction charge or something, but those are easy to defeat in court and you don't lose your license over them. But uh, I'm, I'm not a big fan of any of this because the reality is if you drink and drive, you should get your license taken away for a certain period. Like, dude, I'm not going to sit here and, and be like, oh, there are ways you can get around it. Nah, dude, if you drink and drive, you're a bad person. Let's read. Uh, uh, let's watch more
5: need to run you through some tests right now. Stand facing me, please. But I just want you to know that
6: I also have very bad social anxiety.
5: You and me both. Okay. Okay. Any recent head trauma, <laughs> like, okay. traumatic okay, brain Okay, I gotta
0: stop again. When she's like, I have bad anxiety, she's like, so you and me both. She's like, okay. Like, uh-oh, your stupid fake lies aren't gonna work. Anything I need to know about? Uh, mental, yes.
5: <laughs> Focus on my finger, please.
6: I am. You're just like trying to intimidate me.
5: I don't know how I'm trying to do that. This is the test.
6: As you know, as an indigenous person and there's a bunch of shit going around, I'm sorry, but it's just for me to be on my toes.
0: I get you. I love that she thinks these crackpot woke statements are going to earn her favor after she was driving the wrong way down the road and the cop smells alcohol and she admitted to drinking. Wow.
6: Can you remember that I told you that? I'm non-binary. <laughs> I'm not yeah, I'll binary. try my hardest. Yes, I'll refer
5: to you as Kai, right? Yes. Perfect. I need to know if you have any injuries or anything that would prevent you from doing a standard walk or a turn tonight. Mental
0: health. Um, mental any physical health. injuries? Mental, yeah. Mental. She says physical injuries. Mental health. Okay, look. All right, here we go, baby. If you're driving the wrong way down the road into oncoming traffic, you're drinking, and then you say, I have mental health problems. I think she should be locked up and she should get her license revoked. Revoked. You got mental health problems You're driving in oncoming traffic? Dude, we can't let you drive. I know. I'm just
6: saying. Okay. It's all PTSD, pressure,
0: anxiety. I get you.
5: What
6: else you
5: want? Now with your right foot, place it in front of your left in a heel-to-toe-touching manner with your arms by your side, just like this, ma'am. Can
6: you not call me ma'am, please? <laughs> I'm trying my hardest. Okay, well, Okay.
5: Okay.
6: It means a lot to me. I'm trying
5: mm-hmm. my hardest. I don't feel
6: like a man, so okay. It's kind of triggering.
5: <laughs> right foot in front of your left. Nope, go back.
6: I'm sorry, but the whole man thing, just
5: like well, I apologize. I let's see if we can now? move forward right. from it. You have zero questions?
6: No, but I just want to tell you that I suffer from really bad anxiety, especially
0: then you shouldn't be driving
6: uh, with generational trauma and oh, PTSD, generational PTSD trauma around. Too now. White people
1: and cops, like... Oh, white people.
6: It's
5: just... I'm gonna speak with you right over here, okay? No.
0: Yes, ma'am. Go ahead and place your hands behind your back. So it says, after failing the tests, it's time for the women to get arrested. Here we go. Don't, dude.
5: Don't make it hard. Please. Don't make it hard. No, you're... You're gonna get a resistance. Dude, I... You're gonna get a resistance. I don't. Don't resist. Don't. Listen to me. Don't resist.
0: Don't you're being Come a here. white man and don't you're being a white man, dude. Universities, social media, wokeness is brain rot. She lives in this world where like, but you're being a white man. Dude, you were driving the wrong way down the road into oncoming traffic while having had three drinks. Perhaps there are some people. Maybe three drinks means. You know, really light, uh, you know, really light, low-alcohol stuff. Three drinks could also mean, like, three doubles. I don't know. And and everyone's different. Some people, three drinks, boom, you're drunk. You're over the legal limit. But either way, you're like, yes, I was drinking. Yes, you smell alcohol. Yes, I'm driving the wrong way down the road. And you're being a white man. I got to play that again, dude. I got to play that again. Here we go. Don't, dude. Don't make it hard. Please. Don't make it hard. No,
6: you're...
5: You're going to get a resistance.
6: Dude, I...
5: You're gonna get arrested. I attack.
6: don't.
5: Don't resist. Don't. Listen to me. Don't resist.
6: Don't. You're being Come a here. white man and.
5: Come don't. Here.
6: I followed all of your sht. Like, mm-hmm. as an indigenous person, like, <laughs> you guys. You guys are scaring me. There's nothing <laughs> to be afraid of. Yes, there is. It's called
0: No, oh, dude. You're being a white man. Oh, wow. Truly, truly. Look, you see, this cop is an example of a good cop. They're bad cops. I don't think most cops are bad cops. And, uh, you know, look, I've had my fair share of run ins with police where I'm very grateful the cops were good dudes. I have had uh, one instance I've talked about where someone was trying to mug me and a bunch of cops stopped the mugger. I was like, wow. That's a rare thing that a cop stops a crime in progress. Walking down the street, I'm in uh, Lincoln Park in Chicago. And this guy starts saying, like, give me your money, blah, blah, blah. I got a knife. Just do it. And I'm like, I'm broke. I have no money. And so I'm laughing. And I just keep walking. I'm like, bro, dude, I don't have any money. Like, I don't know what you're going to try and do. You can take my empty wallet. And then, he, and then he's like, I know you got money in your shoe. When all of a sudden a cop grabs him and slams him against a, a fence and screams in his face, not in my town. And I was like, "Whoa!" apparently they've been following the guy because they got reports. And, uh, you know, good moment, good moment. I've had my share of bad cops. But, uh, you know, I had one moment where I was speeding. I was in uh, rural Illinois, no cars anywhere, and I'm legit speeding. And I was speeding a lot. And and, uh, I I think it was like a 65, and I was probably going like 15 or 20 over or something. And uh, I'm like, who cares? Like, look, you come out to West Virginia, and the speed limit's 55, and everyone's going 80. Everyone. And so at that point, it's like, what do you do, right? Do you go slow, and you're causing problems? Mm, It's kind of tough, kind of tough. That's the problem with how laws work a lot of times. So I get pulled over, and the cop is like, uh, any reason you're going really fast? And I was like, "I'm in the middle of nowhere, man, trying to get home before it gets dark. And he's like, okay, I'm going to give you a warning. Don't do it again, all right? Slow down, you get it. And I was like, appreciate it, man. That was it, that was it. He could have given me a ticket. It, like, you've probably had those uh, uh, those moments. I had, uh, I was pretty broke. I didn't get my my license plate renewed. I couldn't afford it. It was like 50 bucks or something. And I get pulled over, and the guy's like, you're gonna keep getting pulled over. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna give you a warning right now. Get that fixed as soon as you can. He was like, "Any reason you need to get your license plate uh, updated?" And I was like, "I gotta be honest, man. I don't make a lot of money, and you know, I'm hoping that within like a week or two, I get my paycheck. I'll, I'll get it taken care of." And he goes, "Okay, I'm gonna let you off with a warning, and you're probably gonna get pulled over again. Show them the warning. Let them know you're taking care of it. All right?" And he's like, "Go, go get it taken care of as soon as you can, and then keep the receipt on you. The cops are probably gonna let you off if you show them the receipt." Now I was like, "Oh, I appreciate it, man." I did end up getting pulled over again and then uh, showed him the warning. And I was like, I got pulled over for it. Talk to the cop. I'm going to get it taken care of as soon as I get paid. And they're like, all right, buddy, have a good day. That was it. I'm like, that's that's what be a good cop is. OK, somebody who's supposed to have their plate registered. You're supposed to have your plate registered for a reason. OK, because we don't want hit and runs. You got to be responsible behind the by the wheel of a car. I can respect that cop pulls me over because I'm in violation. But he says, I'm not going to ruin your life. I like that. And there are bad cops too. say, I don't care. I got pulled over. I wasn't speeding. And the cops had tell it to a judge. And I'm like, man, some cops just don't care. And then I went and uh, went to like a what do they they call like a a currency exchange where they you can pay the 20 bucks or 50 bucks or whatever it was. I think it was like 35. Maybe they gave me a receipt. I did get pulled over again because I'm like, your plate's expired. And I was like, officer, here's my warning. Here's the receipt. It's taken care of. And he was like, all right, buddy, have a good day. He's like, you're going to get pulled over again, maybe. But, uh, you know, showing this. And it's because uh, the reason I got pulled over so many times is because I was driving like it's like a 40 mile drive to the airport from where I lived. And so there's multiple jurisdictions. And I, I think I got pulled over like three or four times in, in the matter in a span of like two weeks because you had to wait for it to come in the mail and all that stuff. Look, man, you're driving the wrong way down the road. OK, and you're drinking. You got no excuses. OK. This is an example of the broken ideology and the, and, and the failures. Now, look, I Look, I think the older generation's got some responsibility on this one. How do you raise a person to be so broken? You're being a white man. Dude, you were drunk driving on the wrong side of the road. I don't, This dude didn't even need to do any of this. He could have pulled you over and arrested you on the spot and be like, driving on the wrong side of the road and smelled like booze. It's crazy. Shut your mouth. Get a lawyer. But, but, man you know, get woke, go broke, I guess. They need to revoke this person's license, this uh, uh, this non-binary person's license. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed it. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl, and we'll see y'all then.